This is the Pulse of New Hampshire. I am J-Dog of the Pulse of New Hampshire, and joining me is a true renaissance man. He is a doting grandfather, a loving husband, a fantastic father, also a swell dancer, uh, also Eddie Popowski's number one fan, Steve Ballmer's college roommate at Harvard, and the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio, a baseball award presenter as well, Mr. Tom Raffio. Tom, how are you? Great, Jay. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Everywhere I go in the community, since the community has opened up, whether it's at a road race or New Hampshire Business Review Hall of Fame event, people talk about this introduction. So thank you, Jay. Can I bring you everywhere I go? I have no objections. You can okay. do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but as you know, one of the great things about this uh, show is learning and getting to know new nonprofits, new organizations. I feel like I'm pretty well connected, but candidly, um, I was not that familiar with 603 Forward and the Forward Foundation. So this week joining me is Molly Lunn-Owen, who is the executive director. Molly, thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you so much, Tom. Great to be here. So I think we're going to have to level set the audience because probably on a scale of one to 10 in New Hampshire, I'm, I'm like a seven or eight in terms of having a feel for all the different things that are going on. But but this this organization, I was not as familiar as I was I would like to be. So why don't you tell us first about your background? For example, did you grow up in New Hampshire? And then talk about uh, your role at 603 Ford and the Ford Foundation. Yes, thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, so I actually am not surprised that you haven't heard about some of our work. There's over 10,000 nonprofits in New Hampshire. And 603 Forward and the Forward Foundation are two of them. I've been working for 603 Forward since 2019. So I've been here for a couple of years. Prior to that work, I actually visited Northeast Delta Dental with Granite United Way when I- Oh, that's right. That's right, Molly. You're right. Yep. Into your eggs and uh, egg sandwiches breakfast, which was- a, That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, as a matter of fact, um, Patrick Tufts is uh, paying us a visit and we had a great- uh, employee campaign and a great corporate donation. So just know that uh, even though you're not with United Way, um, it's still near and dear to both of our hearts. Mm -hmm. So uh, so 2019 is right before the egg hit the fan with the pandemic. So what was it like sort of starting for the organization? And then before you know it, we had this thing called COVID-19 hitting in March of 2020. So I'm not sure if pivot's the right word, because you kind of had, hadn't even started. So how did that how did that work? It was, of course, we couldn't anticipate anything that happened. So we we hired our first staff in January of 2020. And then March, I think 13th or 15th, the world shut down. It was a, a, a challenging pivot, but a natural pivot to digital organizing. So a lot of what 603 Forward does is help young people in New Hampshire. We consider that folks under 50, working age people learn about who's running for office, learn about running for office themselves and have the tools they need to vote. So we pivoted completely to virtual programming. We ran virtual trainings. We ran you know, virtual ads instead of knocking on doors in person. And we still do a lot of that today. So it, it was a valuable and important pivot because the reality of New Hampshire is it's a largely a rural state. So it's challenging for people to to get maybe from the North Country down to Manchester for an event so that the accessibility of virtual programming has been really amazing and we've continued that. Although I, I'm i really enjoying the change to in-person as well because of course building relationships is much easier done in real life. So in, in some regards, it was a very challenging year 
for me personally, I had my first child in May of 2020. So in, in some ways that was again, challenging, but also rewarding to be able to work from home. And now we have staff at 604. We have five staff. One is in Claremont, one is in Rochester, two are in more of the Southern tier. And we have some part-time staff up in Franklin, one down in Nashua. So the ability to hire and work remotely has been amazing as a, as a business leader and also as a, as a working mother. So first, congratulations on uh, your firstborn. I'm sure you're having a lot of fun. Um, we have a, a live-in three-year-old granddaughter, and I know how much fun that is. So anyway, congratulations on that. Now, the vision of 603 Forward is 603 Forward envisions a thriving New Hampshire where all people are free to live, work, and raise a family. In our New Hampshire, democracy is protected above all else. Young people have a voice in government at all levels and policy changes to build an inclusive, affordable, and resilient state. So how did you all develop that? And that, was that based on the fact that you were, uh, your organization was seeing that maybe younger people weren't feeling as engaged in the political process or not feeling that they could make a difference? How did it all evolve? Mm -hmm. I'd say the foundation of our, of our organization is making sure that young people have the tools to both vote, which is foundational to everything, but participate in the civic process at all levels, which means advocating for our needs as parents, as you know, people who are carrying student loan debt, as people who, you know, my husband and I have been saving for 10 years and still can't afford to buy a house. Um, the, we're experiencing a lot of the challenges that are unique to New Hampshire the student loan debt burden, the challenges of voting. Um, we were most, New Hampshire was recently marked 50th in the nation by a New York Times survey on ease and accessibility of voting. Uh, due to a number of reasons, we don't have online registration, we don't have no excuses absentee voting, we have no early voting at all. So we kind of were formed based on the challenges that young people see on the ground with participating in democracy and that plays out at our state house. At one point, I think a couple of years ago, the average age of a state Senator representative was 66 years old. So if the average age of an individual representing our community at the state house is retirement age, it doesn't mean they don't have a lot of wisdom. There's an incredible amount of wisdom and experience that we value, but they might not understand how it's not possible now to go to college and pay for college via your job. And the, the numbers don't work out. Um, they might not understand what it's like to graduate with an average of $20,000 or $30,000 of student loan debt, and then expect to get an entry level job and find somewhere to live and afford. Uh, we, we pay $16,000 a year in childcare with two children. It will be $32,000 a year. Our goal is that people who are working age have unique experiences, unique challenges, and to be able to have the tools and the opportunity to bring them both to the state house and to their local communities to advocate for their needs via policy, um, and via general community organizing was the foundation of all our work. So it started with the challenges unique to being in New Hampshire as a young person, and it really expanded into some specific policy priorities and, and more concrete goals that we've been working on. Now, probably um, if the average age is 66, some of those 66 year olds would ask this question, because I always get it when I interview a, non, a new nonprofit, but, but also existing ones. How are you funded? Um, and where can someone go to support? So, in and, and support can be in terms of financial resources, but also sweat equity. So, how about start starting with the funding question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked. So, my role as executive director 
my primary responsibility is making sure we have the resources to do our work. That means largely paying our staff. Um, we don't have an in-person office, so our overhead and infrastructure costs are minimal, but we do wanna make sure we're doing this year round and doing it in a sustainable way. So hiring people, I mean, with the same challenges as any other nonprofit or for-profit organization with hiring and retention, making sure our people are happy and that they have the skills and the tools they need to do their jobs. Um, so our funding, we, Fortunately, the majority of our funders are New Hampshire-based, actually. We're funded by a mix of grants and individual donations. When we started, it was largely grant-funded. Some of the some of our intellectual founders um, fortunately invested in the organization at the beginning to give us some seed funding to get off the ground. And then my job is to grow that funding and make it more sustainable via individual donors. So we have a few dozen recurring donors, um, you know, small amounts, $5 to $60 a month. And then we're fortunately have some donors who, who give us, you know, a few thousand dollars a year, but the numbers in order to be sustainable, it's important that we're not just funded by grant donations that might come once a year and may never show up again, but we're funded by individuals who, who hear about what we're doing on the ground and who are sharing our, our work and potentially even volunteering with us, um, or at least connecting the young people they know to us to, to learn more about our work and maybe run for office or seek appointed positions themselves. So if someone went to your website, which is 603forward, all one word.org, would there be a place there where they can learn how to become a member and do an online donation? Yes, thank you for asking. Great question. So up in that right-hand corner, there's a donate button right there that takes you directly to our page. Um, and we have a couple tabs up there. One of our, depending on what our priorities right now, we always have a priority of educating folks on how to run for office. So we work with individuals, it's called in a non-coordinated way. So once someone files to run for office, we're not able to communicate with you because our goal is to educate people in a non-partisan way about the, the, the steps and tools and confidence you need to run for office. So up until a filing deadline, um, we have ways to engage in running for office through that link, the run for office link. Uh, take action kind of depends on what is happening in the legislature, but also what is happening around the electoral cycle. So right now, one of our main actions are signing up to be a volunteer poll worker. Um, that's a nonpartisan position at a local level on election day. Some other actions are to testify around whether you believe um, our our belief is that elections in New Hampshire are safe and secure, and telling that to the Commission on Committee on Voter Confidence, which is which is a commission that's been in place for the past couple months, will be wrapping up in the next month or so and issuing their decision. But depends on what's happening in the state, what our actions are. Starting in this legislative session, I imagine we'll have actions for people to take of all ages. There's no discrimination there around speaking up on the cost of housing or speaking up on student loan debt, um, speaking up on generally the cost of living and what you think the legislature can do to help make it easier for you to live and work and raise a family in New Hampshire. Okay, okay so the website is 6034.org. And when we return, we're, we're going to talk about what we think are the major uh, challenges that younger people face, which may be the same as more seasoned people, plus answer the question um, when I've had this discussion before, like at the federal level, um, we have a really good um, component of, of women leaders. Um, we've, we've actually had a couple of years where the governor and all congressional uh, seats were women, yet it may or may not translate down to the uh, sort of the uh, 
state level and whatever. So we'll get into those questions and we'll return, Jay Wright, with Molly Lunn Owen, Executive Director, 603 Ford and the Ford Foundation, after you take us to commercial break, Jay. I'm doing your job do today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my job and I hope I do it well. You do. Thank you, Tom. We will take a break here on Northeast Delta Dental Radio here on the Pulse of New Hampshire. This is the Pulse of New Hampshire. I am Jay Dog, and he is Tom Raffio, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio here on the Pulse of New Hampshire. And this week's guest is Molly Lund Owen, the Executive Director of the Forward Foundation. You can go to forwardnh.org and also 603forward. Go to 603forward.org. Tom, take it away. Thank you. So, Molly, so let's, um, this gets me energized. So, so when we say that we're nonprofit, a nonpartisan, excuse me, how do, how do you protect that? Um, and, and I and I say this, and I'll just get right to it. So one one could say that uh, um, you know we have other organizations like Citizens Count that try to put out all the information, and they take great pains to make sure that optically and authentically that that they are nonpartisan. So for example. The companies that support them, you know, some are known to be left-leaning and some are known to be right-leaning, and they really just are putting out the information. So, so how do you do that, and 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 how do you deal with, for example, you know, if we're trying to get younger people um, involved with uh, the politics, that you know, um, uh, Caroline Levitt, I mean, that may be a great candidate from that perspective, but maybe not from another perspective. So, so how do you how do you keep that all in balance? Fortunately, New Hampshire is a great place to get involved as a young person. That's a great question, Tom. Um, so I'd say the majority of elections in New Hampshire, whether people are aware or not, are nonpartisan. So every March, April and May, we rent, we have town meeting day elections. Most communities in New Hampshire are considered towns, all except for 12. And those elections are all nonpartisan. Every city in New Hampshire, there's 12 cities in New Hampshire, have an election um, usually in alternating years, so most cities will have an election next fall. Those are all nonpartisan elections. And then every appointed board and commission in New Hampshire, I'm a member of the planning board in Manchester, that's a nonpartisan position. So if you exclude state rep and state senator and executive council and governor, the majority of what we work on and, and the easiest way to get involved as, a, as anyone, really young or not, is through an, either an appointed or an elected nonpartisan position, conveniently. Um, what nonpartisan means today is a little bit different than it might have three or four years ago, maybe five years ago. Um, the way we protect that is, I don't want to get too wonky, but we have two organizations, 603 Forward, which is a 501c4, and the Forward Foundation, which is a 501c3, similar to Citizens Count. So 501c3s cannot get involved in elections, um, but we can help people get involved in a fully nonpartisan capacity. For example, our poll worker recruitment program is run through RC3, funded by C3 organizations, and there's you're not allowed to target or message in a way that would ever say vote for or against anyone. That's, that's what the IRS works at in election-related work. Um, the 501c4 also operates in a nonpartisan capacity. As, a, as that type of organization, we can do a, a non- primary amount of our work, so 40% of our work or so, can be political, but cannot be coordinated with a candidate. So we could never meet up with um, you know, someone who's running for office 
and, and do a public event with them. But we could train women or young people or anyone prior to the filing deadline on how to knock doors, how to calculate your win number, how to call through your contacts and raise enough money to win your race, which might in New Hampshire be only a few thousand dollars. So it is really accessible and, and mostly helping people get the confidence to run. Um, we, if someone calls me or messages me and says, hey, I really want to run for governor, can you help me? That's probably not our target population. I don't want to say we wouldn't help you, but someone running for school board or uh, planning board or city council is is much more a real house in terms of accessibility and and importance of our organization and helping helping people to get there. So smart goals stand for strategic, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. So I assume you have some smart goals with regard to how much success you've had younger people, and, and you can define younger for me if you want as well, in going for office as well as you know, being, you know, being appointed, because you're right, some of the most influential positions, like, for example, State Board of Education is an appointed position, not elected. So how are you, are you keeping track of metrics, you know, on that? Mm -hmm, definitely. It's um, in New Hampshire, it's a little challenging to identify someone's age um, based on publicly available information. We don't track age in our, in our voter file. It's not something when you register to vote that you give someone your age. So that makes our work a little bit more challenging in terms of setting goals for the age of an individual that we're working with. Um, but in terms of self-reported age, we can always ask someone how old you are. So we've educated at least 300 people who are under 50 in how to run for office. And at least 98 of those people are currently serving in office. That's on planning boards, school boards, um, city councils, as state rep, and at least 40 of the individuals that we coached ahead of this filing deadline for state rep that would have been back in June. At least 40 of those individuals are on the ballot right now. We're, we're not able to work with them um, on a you know coordinated way, but we we hope they do well, and we are supporting them in a non-coordinated way. Um, so we're we're running some programs through 603 Forward that helps people learn about these candidates. Um, but but back to the candidate training and and measuring our success. It's based on the individual program. So for example, one of our goals for our poll worker recruitment program was that 8% of the individuals we recruit to be poll workers are, are BIPOC, um, Black, Indigenous, people of color, because that's the, the percentage of BIPOC individuals in New Hampshire. So we figured a reasonable goal would be 8% of people who should be poll workers could be from um, BIPOC communities. That's of course harder to measure. You know, most of our work is virtual. so unless you say, you know, click a box that says you're a person of color, we wouldn't necessarily know that, but we can try to reach out to groups and organizations that work with people of color, and we can expand our idea of diversity to include rural communities or veterans or women um, or parents. So in New Hampshire, as the, you know, 8% is a small percentage, it's challenging to, to focus on one demographic like that, but we can expand our idea of what diverse means to make sure that we're making sure we're, we're hitting those metrics based on them. So you are tracking that because one of my favorite expressions is you are what you measure and you're hopefully measuring the right stuff and including the, the DEI metrics that you mentioned. You also mentioned prior to break um, and the Center for Nonprofits would be proud of you that there are roughly, you know, 5,000 nonprofits in New Hampshire, although many 
are much smaller. But regardless, it's important that there be collaborations, given that we all have finite resources. So, so there are organizations like Stay Work Play, um, you know, Leadership New Hampshire, um, the Forty Under Forty. Uh, list that appears in the union leader. And then of course you mentioned citizens count. So, so give me an example of how you, you know, you work with those organizations to sort of conserve resources and, and take advantage of you know, each other's strengths. Absolutely. That's a great question. So we work very closely with both 501c3 partners through the forward foundation and 501c4 partners through 603 forward. And one of the examples is I went through the leadership Manchester program. I graduated in 2021, I believe. It all blends together with COVID. Congrats. That's great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so I'm also on the one of the founding members of the Stay Work Play Advocacy Committee. Great. And so for those two organizations specifically, my goal in, in participating in either a personal or a professional capacity is to make sure that folks who have that basic interest in engaging in their communities, which are the folks who are being highlighted in 40 under 40, who are the folks who are being selected for leadership, either local leadership groups or the statewide leadership in New Hampshire, that they are able to take that interest to the next level and connect very in a very concrete, easy way during their lunch break, um, after work, you know, maybe for a couple hours on a weekend with very tactical ways to make a difference. So rather than saying you need to pause what you're doing and spend your whole life being an activist or, you know, spend every single weekend knocking on doors, which is an important way to, to talk to your neighbors, um, you can testify at a hearing virtually on, on housing or on voting rights. You can send a letter to the specific committee that's making a specific decision on Tuesday in regards to you know this, this housing-related bill. Um, we try to break it down and make it really accessible for people of all ages, but primarily working age people whose time is limited and potentially whose resources are limited to engage with their with their representatives, with their legislators, with their community in a, in a very tactical sort of way. And, and our goal is that anyone who reaches out to us can say, oh, I have you know 30 minutes of availability in the next two weeks, and we can rank for them what might be the, the best way to engage and the best use of their time. For some people, that might be you know stepping up to serve on a land use board or running for office, but for others, it might be testifying at a hearing or submitting a letter if you can't get to Concord those are read into the record and, and read by committee members and equally impactful often. And as you know, there's uh, more than enough to do in New Hampshire. I'm on like 12 boards myself. So th there will always be a board or initiative to get involved with. And the trick mm -hmm. I think is to do one or two that you have a real passion for. Mm -hmm. um, so the issues and challenges that young people face to some extent may be similar to other people as well. So for example, I'm on the Business and Industry Association board and you know we all face workforce challenges, healthcare costs, lack of daycare, housing you mentioned, healthcare costs. Those are some that come up in general. And it sounds like the, uh, the younger crowd also would have those issues. Is there anything beyond that that the uh, the, the younger leaders might be faced with beyond the, you know, the workforce challenges, healthcare costs, daycare, um, and uh, housing that you yourself are challenged with? I, honestly, I would say those, those are the big ones. Um, another one that's come up at least last legislative cycle and hopefully this session too is 
arts and culture. So young people want a reason to stay in New Hampshire. A lot of them are employed in arts and culture um, as well. So we were able to advocate for the Save Our Stages bill, which brought over a million dollars to local performing arts venues in New Hampshire. Well, I love it as chair of the New Hampshire Business Committee for the Arts. Without mm -hmm. arts and culture, there is no human civility. I think we've, this is great because, you know, to solve all this stuff, we will need younger and more seasoned people like myself to work together. And it's pretty clear we're all faced with, uh, for the most part, you know, the, you know, the same challenges. So, so wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree, Jay, that how lucky we are that, that Molly's leading 603 Ford and the Ford Foundation? Yes. No, absolutely. We about, need the next generation yeah. of leaders. Yep. I need someone. And so matter of fact, Molly, I need someone to hopefully take over as chair of the New Hampshire Business Committee for the Arts. So I'm not doing this until I'm 80 years old. So <laughs> whatever, but we'll, we'll, we'll catch you on that on, the, on next time. So we thank you, Molly. the next generation to take over for you. That's, that's Love it. So again, the website is 603forwardalloneword.org and 604newhampshire.org. Molly, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much. And thank you, Jack. For Molly Lund Owen and Tom Raffio, I am J Dog. Another edition of Northeast Delta Dental comes to a close. Fear not. We'll have another edition next week here on the Pulse of New Hampshire.